Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Slammed, a Boston Celtics podcast brought to you by Odyssey. I'm Megan Adelini from WEI, joined by Esteban Bustios from GBH and Justin Turpin, also of WEI and Odyssey. So I'm going to start off the pod today by sparing Esteban's feelings. We'll get to the, our resident Texan, a check-in yeah. on his overall well-being, a wellness chest check, if you will, uh, at the very yeah. end of the pod. But the Celtics come off a... Pretty commanding performance without two of their starters over the San Antonio Spurs. If if you're just joining us for the first time here, Esteban is a uh, native Texan and grew up a big Spurs fan. So mm. a, a tough beat for him. And to make matters worse, for those of us who are transplants, even though I've been here for 12 years, this is the first, I think the first week of weather that we've had in Boston this season where it's been steadily like in the 20s maxed out every single day for a whole week so far we're recording this on a Thursday so it's really just a reality check for many of yeah I've gotten used to it at this point uh and I, I I I noticed this when I think yesterday I went out and I was like, oh, it's, it's not that cold in the morning, even though it was like 25 degrees because it was 15 degrees an hour and a half earlier. So it, it's all relative. Um, cold night for the Spurs. I think that was expected. Uh, they're they're a, like a, a, a fun, bad team, but still a, a team that is not there. So it, it made sense last night's uh, last night's result. Justin, you're from here, right? Like you're, yeah, you're, yeah, Braintree, born, born and raised. raised. Yeah, Braintree, nice for those not super familiar with Boston, just south of the city. Um, I'll never get used to it. Like I said, I've been here for 12 years. Uh, every time that this part of winter comes around, because December is especially these days is usually like an acclimation period. Um, when I have to put on mittens and the scarf around, I'm a big like scarf around the nose person. 
Like I do the whole shebang. It's not about looking good anymore, but it's to me, it's still a bit of a reality check. Um, Let's look ahead. Another, as we're on our cold weather city rant, another cold Mm. weather city coming to town, the nuggets, the reigning champs um, visiting Boston on Friday. And I think that should be our jumping off point for our big topic today, because Obviously, the first time that the Celtics get to see them this season, they'll see them again on March 7th, I believe it is, and that will be on the road. They'll be seeing them at home. And for me, I'm just going to say there are so many implications with what this game can mean for the development of your team and looking towards your championship hopes and the opportunity to see the team that was just there and Jokic, who is, in my book, the best player in the league and the true unicorn in the league. Yeah. But my eye for this game is really on Jason Tatum because I think quietly Tatum is going through kind of a strange period with this season. He's having a fantastic season overall, but his stats, points per game are down 27 per game compared to last year's 30. He's more efficient. Uh, two days ago, the MVP ladder, so the Kia MVP, NBA uh, MVP ladder came out. Tatum, for the second time in a row, is sixth. He's not even in the top five. Right now, it's Embiid, Jokic, SGA, Luka, Giannis. Tatum is sixth. And I, I guess, like, I don't expect this season for Tatum to be obsessed with the MVP race. You know, he's going to get his super max contract from the Celtics. Obviously, their goal is a championship this year. But that that still surprises me. And it doesn't surprise me that SGA is in there. We've had a whole conversation about how slept yeah. on OKC is. But I look at this game, the opportunity. You look at what the Sixers just did against the Nuggets earlier this week, beating them 126-121. And Beads got over 40 points. Um, and... It, you know, I, I don't think he has a serious contention for MVP because he's going to miss time because he's Embiid and they have the new rules in place. But it's just it's it's one of these big stages that I expect Jason Tatum is focused on, not in a selfish way, but it can't feel great that for the second time in a row, you're sixth in NBA MVP voting for where he is in his career right now. Yeah. Didn't he have that quote a, a couple of weeks ago where he said, I'm really not concerned about the MVP. I I want a championship. Uh, I, I believe that was a quote he had, which makes sense. At the same time. And uh, MVP voters were like, cool. OK, yeah. <laughs> we won't vote for you anymore. <laughs> at, at the same time, how much of that is just a uh, a byproduct of you have more talent now on the Celtics than I think it's fair to say he's ever had. Uh, maybe you look back at the that first year where Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward, but I think it's given the results that this team has, this is the most talented team he's had. Um, so some of those stats just naturally go down. It, 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 do you think that's fair to say? Absolutely. We heard guys and we've heard guys talk about sacrifice throughout the season. We heard guys at the beginning of the season when you get the addition of Drew Holiday and Kristaps Porzingis that there is going to be sacrifice in terms of the shots that you're taking, you know, your opportunities per game. To be honest, I just didn't think when when everybody was talking about sacrifice, I was like, yeah, except for Jason Tatum, because 
he is supposed to be your alpha on the floor and he's supposed to be your leader on the floor. And it's, I'm not saying that because he's got 27 per game that he's not a leader. Like, I don't want it yeah. spun that way. I just, I think it's, it's really just a, a quietly interesting thing to me when you see the way that the beginning of the week was with, uh, I believe it was Tuesday with Sixers and Nuggets. And you see them, it's, it's billed as the matchup between Embiid and Jokic and these two bigs and these two massive forces, two of the most recent MVPs in the season. And I really do feel like on a national scale, when Denver is seeing Boston, it's like, well, Denver's seeing Boston, which is the best team in the league, the best starting five. And yeah. that 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 is, I think, a better narrative to have around your team. Don't get me wrong. But it does it it is different. It does seem to put Tatum in a different place than a lot of these other stars in the league. Yeah. Uh, Justin, I mean, you you you're obviously around the team on a on a day-to-day basis. Have you noticed Tatum taking uh I don't know, a different stance than maybe he's had to in the past, given what, what's around him. Yeah, I think he has. I think he's actually improved a lot as a passer, too. His playmaking has really improved. And that's naturally going to happen when you have potentially five all-star candidates on your team. I mean, that's just naturally going to happen, like you alluded to. And same with the points. Those are going to drop off, too, and you're surrounded by that many scores. But he's definitely kind of adjusted his approach. And I actually have that quote you were alluding to. I've accomplished a lot in this league and, uh, you know, truly at the point where, you know, I want to get over that hump. I want to get back to the finals. I want to help us win a championship. And, uh, you know, what I'm doing may not, you know, I might not win MVP, but, uh, you know, just trying to help us continue to be the best team in the league uh, and, you know, do my part. If people recognize that, they see it, then, you know, I appreciate it. But uh, if they don't, then, you know, that's okay. And he's really embraced that. And they've all, it's kind of cheesy. They've been throwing out the word sacrifice, but it's really, it's easier said than done, especially in today's NBA, where a lot of these guys focus on the personal accolades, but they put that aside and they're really focused on sacrificing, doing what's best for the team. And that's what Tatum's done. And it's led to a different approach by him. It is also funny to, to hear sacrifice in association with a guy who has his own shoe with the Jordan is averaging like most NBA players would kill to get 27 a game, you know. Um, one of even even if he's not going to be MVP uh, this year, just based on on these early results, still one of the faces of the league. So uh, sacrifice is relative in this case, I think. Oh, definitely. And look, I mock the sacrifice thing. Like I, yeah. I think it is. I think if anybody's sacrificing right now on this team, it really is Drew Holiday, uh, and that, part Horford. of that is also. Right. Well, yeah. And part, the part of that is also by. is also where they are in their careers. You know, it's like, right. OK, this is this is what is serving them. Uh, guys can sacrifice when it's also serving their careers and serving the team. Um, but it, are you looking at this matchup in any sense of how this team looks prepared for a finals run? Because, again, it's when you when they see these Western Conference serious contenders and mm. and we saw a little bit of this when they had that overall really good west coast road trip in december um how much are you gauging what they do on friday for where they're going to be poised to be hopefully at the end of the postseason i i, I mean i'm sure 
at least what they will say publicly in terms of Joe Mazzula, et cetera, is, oh, this is just another game. And it is a January Friday night game. How much can you take away from it? Still, it is the defending champs. You want to play your best against the best. I I can't see how you don't look at this as this could be a finals matchup. Let's see what let's see what you got. You know what I mean? Uh, so I personally, I I think the answer is yes. Like you you do have to take this as this is a, a test for the team, and especially also to uh, with with a team that has so few losses. At least some of those big ones have come to have come against the the big names from the West, and you know I don't know how how much to take that. It, it you know every every night is different, but lost to OKC, a loss to to Minnesota. Here's probably the other big dog you would call call them outside uh, out from the West. How, how do you do against them? So I I would say it's uh it's a it's one of the bigger matchups to have this year. 